One of the best scenes in the 1977 movie Annie Hall is when the main character, Alvy, goes back to his childhood classroom and finds out where his old classmates are today. Boy, sometimes I wonder where my classmates are today. I'm president of the Pinkest Plumbing Company. I sell taluses. I used to be a heroin addict, now I'm a methadone addict. It's been more than 40 years since Annie Hall, but methadone and the other medications used to treat opioid addiction often carry the same baggage and misconceptions they did back when Jimmy Carter was president. For medical professionals and patients suffering with opioid use disorder, these drugs aren't a movie punchline, they're a lifeline. Are we just substituting one drug for another? Technically, the answer is yes. However, we are substituting a drug that helps save a person's life for a drug that's likely to kill them. And in my mind, that's an ethically and medically appropriate decision to make. I'm Tina Arundel, and this is Prescription for Hope. That's Metro Health's Dr. Paul Manning. He's a soft-spoken, spiritual guy who's already lived at least three lives, each dedicated to the service of others. He's repaired and rehabbed homes in the inner city. He's taught at-risk kids around the country. And after a midlife detour to medical school, he volunteered to care for AIDS and TB patients in Kenya. After meeting his wife in Africa, he came back to the States and began working at a rural hospital to pay off his medical school debt. I was working in Harlan, Kentucky, this is around 2004, 2005, where OxyContin, the prescribed pill at that time, was being highly abused. More than 20% of the population was involved. And as a physician, I had the experience of seeing patients who had become chemically dependent or addicted to OxyContin and I felt that I wanted to do something more for them than just say, no, I can't prescribe you OxyContin. Dr. Manning became certified to prescribe buprenorphine. It's a drug not too much different than methadone. It's used to stop the agonizing symptoms of withdrawal. In 2009, he moved back to his hometown of Cleveland with his wife and two children. He joined Metro Health. In 2017, after additional training in addiction medicine, Dr. Manning began full-time work on the front lines of the now-raging opioid crisis. One of his most effective weapons, MAT. MAT stands for Medically Assisted Treatment. I like to emphasize the fact that this is assisting treatment with medication. The medications themselves are not the final answer to helping a person with chemical dependency but they are very important and very effective. Three medications are approved for use for opioid use disorder. Vivitrol, generic name naltrexone, Suboxone, generic name buprenorphine, methadone. Let's talk about each of them. Vivitrol, generic name naltrexone. It's a shot given once a month. It has two important jobs. It blocks the effects of opioids, so if you take a painkiller or shoot up with heroin, you won't feel a thing. Naltrexone also helps reduce opioid cravings. But before you get a shot, you need to go through detox. 
in order to start the naltrexone, they have to be clean of any opioids for at least a week before they can actually get the injection. Otherwise, it'll make them terribly sick. Suboxone, generic name, buprenorphine. Usually dissolved under the tongue, bup, as it's often called, ends withdrawal symptoms and makes patients feel better, but it doesn't give them the euphoria of heroin or other opioids. Patients usually take the drug daily, otherwise withdrawal symptoms can begin. It's really dramatic. Within 20 minutes to a half hour, the person who was sitting in front of you, irritable, couldn't sit still, agitated, sweating, pupils are dilated. 20 minutes after they put the suboxone under the tongue, they're sitting there calm, comfortable, chatting with you about what they plan to do with the rest of the day. Its onset of action is quite rapid and quite effective and very dramatic. But again, that was that's in the person who is actually in withdrawal. The other benefits of buprenorphine therapy is it can be taken at home by a patient. It does not necessarily require a hospitalization to initiate therapy. It can be done in an office, and now, even in some circumstances, it can be done at home. That's a great advantage. Methadone. It's the most recognized medication against opioid use disorder and the most carefully monitored because of the risks of abuse. The more a person takes, the more of an effect it has. Patients usually get methadone at a clinic daily in a liquid dose. Nurses dispensing it will check under a patient's tongue to make sure it's completely swallowed. It has some very definite benefits to it and is extremely successful for the appropriate patient. There are thousands of people living productive, meaningful lives today on methadone. Not just in our program, but in all programs, care needs to be initiated by the patient. The one exception would be a court-ordered program, which we are not at this time. The patient would call us and say, Dr. So-and-so or my friend recommended, can I come in and see you? And we always say yes. For all MAT, medically assisted treatment, one of the first steps is to do that evaluation. First, to establish that there is a chemical dependency, identify what the agent of concern is and if there are more than one. And then furthermore, we have to identify, are they medically stable? Do they have uncontrolled diabetes? Do they have uncontrolled hypertension? All those need to be stabilized before beginning any therapy. In addition, they have to be evaluated to make sure that they are psychiatrically stable. Talk about insurance, Dr. Manning. What does insurance cover? What doesn't it cover? The answer to that question is in evolution. And at this time, it's a positive evolution. Almost all insurances now will approve medically assisted treatment with appropriate documentation of evaluation of the patient. However, most, but not all, still require a process called prior authorization, which means that the physician 
needs to send documentation to the insurance company verifying that an appropriate assessment's been done of this patient. My experience as a provider is it's becoming more accepted and I'm no longer having insurance companies outright deny. So that's a small move in in the right direction. So we're talking about all of these medication-assisted therapies. What's the end game? Well, the end game is for the patient to live a sober life that's as close as they can to what they envision as a meaningful and functional life. And if I read into that question, how long does a person need to be on therapy? We don't know for certain, but again, it's analogous to other chronic medical diseases like diabetes, high blood pressure. Once they've lost some weight and their sugar's under control, we don't say, okay, we're all done. Stop taking your oral medications. Start taking your blood pressure medications. You know, stop using your insulin. Uh, you're, you're cured. No. The same is true with chemical dependency. It can be very scary for a patient to end MAT. It's a very significant decision to then say, okay, let's look at this medication that helped you get there and evaluate whether we want to taper you off. In many cases, the patient themselves will say, I am so terrified of going back to where I was before. I am not ready to stop taking this medication. They should continue with some kind of counseling, maybe not intensive anymore, or maybe it's a 12-step program that is beneficial to them. Because again, this is a chronic disease. Once a person is diabetic, they will always be diabetic. Hopefully it's controlled for the rest of their life. If a person is chemically dependent on opioids, they always have that diagnosis. Patients don't feel society's shame when facing a chronic condition like diabetes or hypertension. Opioid use disorder is a different story. Stigma is a tremendous barrier to care, even from the patient themselves. They may recognize that they have that problem, but they don't want to tell their physician that they do because they're afraid of the response and how they'll be treated. And many people who have been diagnosed will tell you, I've been in treatment for chemical dependence and then I was in a car accident and I had this terrible earache and so it's out and I went to an urgent care and emergency and as soon as they saw on my record that I had this chemical dependency, I could just see the change in their eye and the provider looked at me and said, oh, here, take this and get out of here. Fortunately, that's changing too that that stigma, but stigma still is a problem to be addressed. And as as you've said, we need to recognize that chemical dependency, opioid dependence is a chronic disease of the brain and it's characterized by problems with motivation and recovery and until they get appropriate therapy, the brain circuitry has been changed so that they don't recognize until they're in recovery that their actions are harmful to themselves and to others. 
Those others, family and friends, are often hurt by addicts. They also can play an important role in a healing process that includes medication-assisted treatment. Chemical dependency doesn't just affect that patient, it affects the whole family, and as we can see, it affects the whole community. And what that family member needs to hear is their feelings are validated, because in most cases, they have been very hurt by the actions of their family member or friend. And we must validate that those feelings are very real and appropriate given the disappointment. But in the meantime, the first step is to help recognize this is a medical illness, not a failing of character of the person that at one time they trusted and felt close to. The degree in which they are involved in recovery will depend on a case-to-case situation, what their relationship is, what the long-term plans, uh, goals are for the patient, the intensity of the treatment. But the first and foremost, in my mind, is a validation of their feelings. But then begin to expose them to the concept that this is a medical illness and that it is not the person that caused them their suffering. What's the hope, Dr. Manning? Addiction, chemical dependence has been a around as long as we're aware. You can go to manuscripts thousand years before Christ documenting that people were using substance. In the book of Genesis, it's Noah. As soon as he got off the ark, the first thing he did was grow a vineyard and then get drunk. After the flood, Noah became a farmer and planted a vineyard. One day he became drunk on some wine he had made and lay naked in his tent. So it's been, it's been, it's always going to be with us. The question is, are we going to help control it or is it going to control our lives? Is there anything we didn't ask you that you think should we include it? It's... Related, again, to the point that I'd like to make about medically-assisted treatment, that the medications assist with the treatment, and those providers of the treatment are so important. Those are social workers, those are counselors, those are nurses, nurses' aides. These are volunteer sponsors at 12-step groups. They're the ones who at three o'clock in the morning are getting a phone call from someone saying, you know, my brother came, brother-in-law came by and he gave me some stuff and now I don't know what to do. Please help me. And the sponsor says, I'll be there. And they're there. Those are the people that don't get any headlines, don't, don't get any notoriety, don't get interviewed that often. But they're the ones day to day, hour to hour, helping people address this illness in their lives. Next time on Prescription for Hope, the tragedy and triumph of expectant moms and opioids. You know, labor is painful, but it ends. Like there is an end point, you will make it through. The process of watching your child withdraw is going to be the most emotionally 
difficult thing you're going to go through. Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Margie Colon, and I am a PSR here at Metro Health. I work in the oral surgery department, and I love Metro Health. Prescriptions of Hope is a product of Metro Health System, which is working hard to become the most admired, and yes, I repeat, admired, public hospital system in the nation, and I'm proud to be part of it.